Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEELS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code Food Heals. Food Heals Podcast, episode 132. I've always been called an optimistic person. Even when my mother passed, I was always telling myself, what am I supposed to learn out of this? Because if I didn't ask myself that question of what would be the benefit of the situation, I believe I would have had a total mental breakdown. So it was just a matter of looking at things in a better light. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Christian Evans. Christian is a trained chef and weight loss blogger who lost 187 pounds. Yes, I am not lying. (laughs) It's not a typo. In just 10 months. I mean, that's like another human being. Susie. That's amazing. <laughs> that's a huge, that's, that's a bigger person than us. Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of, yeah, I'm not going to say. <laughs> For Christian, losing weight starts in the mind. It isn't about diet, going to the gym or someone else's program. It's about changing the way you think. Yes. All right. And we have a special announcement. We have a brand new swag bag winner are you gonna sing it with me Susie winner (laughs) winner winner tofu dinner (laughs) congratulations to Amy Hedges and thank you for your review Susie will you do the honors I began listening to the Food Heals podcast earlier this year after a friend posted a link to an episode on Facebook after listening to that one episode I was hooked I had been a vegetarian for almost eight years and was seriously thinking about making the switch to veganism The Food Heals podcast was instrumental in helping me make the decision, and on my 36th birthday, I became a vegan. Allison and Susie have been a font of information and constantly bring up topics and issues that are interesting, thought-provoking, and relevant to my new way of life. Thank you, ladies, for all of your help in keeping me on the path to health, happiness, and feeling great. Well, thank you, Amy. That's so sweet. And thanks to your friend for posting our episode to Facebook. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And congratulations on all the changes you're making. That's awesome. So, Amy, send us your address to info at foodhealsnation.com so we can send you your swag bag. There's good stuff in that swag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Thanks again, Amy. If one of your goals is to get fit, we've got your back. That's right. This episode is sponsored by the Get Fit Kit from Dr. Group at the Global Healing Center. The Get Fit Kit is your entry into healthy weight loss and a life-changing experience. I like how you say that. The Get Fit Kit. (laughs) It's a voiceover trick. I know. I would say Get Fit Kit. (laughs) The Get Fit Kit. The Get Fit Kit includes Dr. Group's groundbreaking book, The Green Body Cleanse, The Secret to Health DVD, and his 10 Super Secrets for Weight Loss PDF, all loaded up with the tips and tricks for getting your diet, your environment, and your lifestyle in order. 
and it includes some of our favorite supplements like Slimerex and Oxy Powder. The Oxy Powder will provide a gentle cleanse to give you a fresh start. And listen, this is Food Heals Nation approved, okay? This bleep works. <laughs> <laughs> Slimerex is a premier weight loss supplement which will help suppress cravings, boost your metabolism, and maximize your energy. Go to globalhealingcenter.com and use the coupon code FOODHEALS at checkout to get 20% off your Get Fit kit plus free shipping. Next up, our interview with Christian. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today we're here with an exciting guest with an inspiring story, Christian Evans. In 2013, after losing several family members to health-related illnesses, Christian turned to food to cope with these personal tragedies. His weight ballooned to 402 pounds. He had severe sleep apnea and was on blood pressure medication. Christian realized that things were out of control and started researching food and its effects on the body. After watching several documentaries on juicing, which a few of these we know, Food Heals Nation, knows and loves, he decided to go on an all-natural juice fast. After just two months, he lost 80 pounds without diets, pills, surgery, or any fad diets. This is an amazing story. Welcome, Christian. Thank you for having me. We're so glad to have you. Thanks for reaching out. And your story is unlike most that we've heard. It is very, very interesting what you did and how much weight you really lost in a short period of time. So can you start from the beginning and just tell everyone what was your lifestyle like? Well, my lifestyle was more into, um, I work as a cook full time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly around food. Mm -hmm. During that time when I started to think about switching my diet or knowing that I had to make a change between a three or four year time span, I had three passings in my family. So during that time where I was thinking it was because I was like, well, I didn't want to be next because all of them were health related one way or another. So I began to just investigate and educate myself on, I would say the psychology of food. And what I mean by that is what food did to you as you ingested it and the different chemical balances that it had affected on you and your mood swings from, you know, attitudes to energy. So after I began to investigate that and investigate different weight loss programs or different things like that. I chose one or just to chose pretty much like a a combination of of them all and just applied them. And I just went on a like a two month fast. And within those two months, I dropped 80 pounds. Which is a huge amount of weight to lose in a short amount of time. But wait, I, I want to interject because I have a question. Christian, will you tell our listeners, just because we have your bio, but they don't know, where where were you at in terms of your weight before you started your fast? How much did you weigh and how did you feel? When I first started, I was 402 pounds and I stand six foot three. So I'm a pretty big guy. Yeah. I was, um, I was always into sports, I would say, but, you know, never played anything any in high school or whatever, but I always try to keep myself active. I mm-hmm. was at the gym a lot, but just the wrong type of program. And that means the diet was off. So sure. I was very familiar with actually working out, but it was just that my diet was off and I just never really paid any mind to it. So, so at this weight, you were working out, but you were just yeah. eating more than your body needed. Yeah, I was more of a lifter, <laughs> more okay. of, a, of a heavy lifter then. I had a 400 pound bench press and 400 pound squat and 400 pound deadlift. And I had pretty much accomplished 
what I felt what I needed to far as in 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 weight and far as uh weightlifting. And so when I did lose the weight, what I did, I just eliminated all of that. I just did only cardio for at least the first six to seven months when I was losing weight because I knew how I felt after I lifted weights. I knew I would be get I began to get more hungry or you know the hunger it was it was hard to satisfy my hunger after working out with the weight. So kind of rewinding and everything to where I initiated at being at 400 pounds is I had sleep apnea, which is you stop breathing in your sleep and oxygen stops going into your brain. So mm-hmm. you wake up uh, slothful, you wake up droggy. And me woke up with a bit of a chip on my shoulder or an attitude because you're not getting any sleep. Mm-hmm. And that came along with high blood pressure. I was on uh, high blood pressure medicine. So high blood pressure medicine and sleep apnea were the two things I was fighting against. So I had to sleep with a a, uh, a CPAP machine, mm-hmm. a CPAP mask to where the air would be forced into my nose at night. And so my air, what I would call it, my airwaves wouldn't be blocked. Mm-hmm. My chest was so big because I was, you know, big at the, that was, I was so big at that time that when I was laid on my back and when I slept, my airways would close and that would cause me to snore. But that snoring was stopping me from breathing and no oxygen to the brain. So there was, I was, took a sleep study in order to even get that CPAP machine. I was just going to ask, was what made you decide to make this huge lifestyle change after losing three family members to these lifestyle related diseases? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, my mother passed in 08 of complications from breast cancer. Um, My cousin passed, I believe, in 2011. He was a a pretty big guy. And my grandmother passed the following year in 2012 to some health-related issues. Mm -hmm. And so in 2013, I just knew something had to change because... I just became more isolated, you know, after those. And I was just like, okay, you know, not only did I survive or just deal with high blood pressure and with a CPAP machine. And at that time, you know, I'm young when I first got diagnosed with it. So I'm thinking that all bounce back. It's not that serious. I didn't know the severity of all of that. I was 23, 24 when I got admitted to the hospital. I went in with a horrible headache and come to find out it was I was borderline stroke. Oh my and, God, at yeah, 24 years old. Yeah, at 24 years old. So I don't, I wasn't 400 pounds in. I think I was somewhere around 330, 340, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And I just thought it was a normal headache because my prescription glasses, I thought that, hey, it was time to get, you know, some new glasses or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I had a headache that I couldn't shake. So end up going to the prompt care. Prompt care forwarded me to the emergency room and emergency room to end up admitting me after they ran a couple tests and saying, well, you have high blood pressure, you're on borderline stroke. So getting all this fluid drained off of me, taking all these pills, everything was just too much. At that time, I was I was working a full time job for as 12 hours a day, you know, oh being, a, being a manager. So it was it was a lot. During that time when I was admitted in the hospital, they found out that I was stopped breathing in my sleep. So that's when they did the sleep study. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was diagnosed with sleep apnea and saying, well, hey, no, not only do you have these pills, now you have this big machine that you have to sleep with every night to get a full (laughs) night's rest. So like I said, survived that or was dealing with that. And then within the next 
couple years, my mother passed and then my cousin and then my grandmother. So all that culminated to the top of 2013 where I'm sitting like, okay, something has to give. You got to do something. Yeah. You know, you can't keep doing this. And it took me a while because obviously, you know, with my situation and then the family situation. But, you know, it took me a while to start investigating things and just getting my mind wrapped around what I needed to do or make a change. Because, you know, sometimes you could be around people and they say, oh, you're just fine. You know, you're fine. You're fine. And nobody ever questions that. And I'm talking from a personal experience. You know, when you're big and you're overweight, no one really questions you being that size. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're trying to not hurt your feelings, which I get. Right. So fast forward to when I lose weight, then it seems like, or when you're in the process of losing weight, people question that more than they do when you were big. And that's just kind of an observation that I've gotten I've been, you know, just watching and observing people as I've lost weight and sharing my story. I had more questions about the health of myself when I was losing weight versus the, my health when I was 400 pounds. <laughs> sure. Yeah, which is kind of weird. But going back to what I was saying about the top of the year, 2013, I just had to investigate and watch a lot of documentaries, Googled a lot. And I finally decided to say, well, you know what? Hey, it's time for a change. Let's go ahead and do it. There's no better time than now. Good for you. And, you know, I just went for it. Christian, when you were diagnosed with a borderline stroke, did the doctors that were dealing with you, did they say it would be really beneficial to change your diet, to lose some weight? Did they give you any guidance in that respect? Yeah, and they did. To answer that question, they did. They was, you know, monitoring my weight and saying, well, hey, you know, you got to lose weight. You have to drop your, you know, your intake. And at the time, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm like, well, when somebody tells you about losing weight, the first thing you do, you get on the defense. So of you're like, well, I'm not, right. you know, I'm not eating that much, you know, a nibble here, a nibble there. But, <laughs> you, know, you know, how many nibbles are you doing in an hour? You know, yes. and what I found out is to me and my personal experience is that the pills that I were on, you know, I was on a water pill and then I can't remember the other one. I was on like three, but it seems like I became more hungry. Mm. as I was taking the pills. Yeah. Then I started to get to my own thoughts. I'm like, okay, is this a game? You know what I mean? Do they want me constantly coming back for these pills because I'm not losing this weight? And they weren't weight loss pills. They were to maintain blood pressure. Mm -hmm. But maybe it was just my reaction or maybe it was more mental. Who knows? But I know that was an effect. And to me, it caused me to, to eat more. There, the um, side no, effects of uh, drugs are different with every individual. So it's uh, very possible. Right. And so not only did I feel like I I don't want to say I gained weight during that time from the time that I was taking the pills, but I do know I gained a lot of weight after the three passings over the three years. Well, and that's so, emotional eating. I mean, everyone knows that. Everyone understands that. Someone dies right. and you're like, where's the fucking food? You know, right. <laughs> so exactly. Cause that's your, you know, your only escape. So you just yeah. drawing yourself from work because yeah. bills have to be paid, you know, mortgages have to be paid and, sure. you know, you're dealing with different family issues and, you know, you're trying to stay strong and you don't want to, mentally collapse. And that's just one thing I just vowed for myself to not mentally collapse through it all. So I guess with that being said, that's when I turned to food and, you know, began to eat more, you know, more pizza, you know, more everything. It just, I don't say I didn't care. I still tried to maintain my escape through going to the gym, mm -hmm. but again, the diet was off. Yeah. And, you know, once your diet is off, then whatever you do at the gym is not going to make any sense whatsoever. And when you started um, learning about detoxing and eating better, what were some of the films that inspired you? I watched 
hungry for change. I always, <laughs> always get the name mixed up. Is it hunger for change or hungry for change? Yeah, yeah. We've had two. We've had Joe Cross and Evita from that film on our podcast. We love that that's, one. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also watched his film from watching those films, and because you know that film, it just was a compilation of everybody's diet that they were on or different programs. So I also watched Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Yeah, it's a great one. And I watched Frankensteer also. I don't know if you heard of that one. Frankensteer at that time, you know, it was on Netflix, but it's on Vimeo right now. But Frankensteer was just educated me on the actual cattle industry and the beef industry and mm-hmm. as far as the meat. And it just opened my eyes to the origin of the mad cow disease, what they were putting into the, the feed of the animals that, you know, I was eating, I was eating at the time and that just opened my eyes. So just a lot of those films. And then I just started watching the Ted talks mm-hmm. and a lot of those, how sh- the effect of sugar, just breads and yeast, whatever I could find at the time. Cause yeah. you know, once you start digging, you start digging and you start to find out, be like, well, okay, well, who's in charge mm-hmm. to allow all this stuff? If these chemicals or from Monsanto to whatever type of fertilizer is being used, you know, I, I believe in my mindset at that time, I'm like, well, somebody has to see this. Somebody has to green like this as okay to be fit, to be going into our food supply. You're right. And and, and that just raised an eyebrow to mm-hmm. me. What was the real issue? What was the real play at hand of why this stuff was allowed? And, you know, that's a money whole conversation. Exactly. Sure, sure, well, yeah. no, it's, imp- it's important that you bring it up because it's something yeah. that you weren't aware of. And that was part of the larger issue that you were dealing with where you were just eating what, you know, whether it be what you grew up with or what what tasted good at the time or whatever was available or convenient or whatever without actually knowing where it came from and how it was produced and what that meant for your body. Right. And so once exactly. you started to educate yourself, and di- it, it is very important. I think the majority, I think it is changing. But, you know, it comes down, this is where I get political. I'm- <laughs> okay, okay, I can go there with you. I can go there with yeah, you. Yeah, but, okay. but, you know, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. The, main, the main point is that it, it does need to change because it comes down to money. It's a business. There's lobbying going on with the government. And our government at the very least, should be watching out for its people and the health of its people. It's the best government money can buy. Exactly. And <laughs> and right. you bring up Monsanto. I personally think Monsanto is very, very evil. You know, you're right. That could be a whole other show. But people are when people get educated and realize what is really going on and how when we are knowledgeable and speak up, things will change for the better. It's, import- yeah, it's important was, to bring it up. Investigation was just, just crazy for me. So just... Again, investigating that. And then, like you said, it's like, okay, you know the whys of that. You start to realize what certain chemicals did that were in food from people being infertile to population control mm. to, you know, above all money. And, you know, you just keep asking whys. And then you you go down all these different tunnels and rabbit holes. And, you know, you're trying to tell people that and educate them on it. And then you kind of just looking like the crazy in the room. And, oh, you know, I've been there. You know, <laughs> You know, over time, I started to learn, like, you know what? Because I'm enthused about it doesn't mean that everybody else, you know, is also. It shouldn't well, stop you. But, you know, you can still say, this is how I feel. This is why I'm not eating this. And then you tell them, like, well, do you know what this is? Do you know your favorite blueberry muffin? The blueberries that are in there aren't real blueberries. They had mm-hmm. the same properties that they put in antifreeze and an RV. And then people <laughs> looking at you like, you're crazy. Like, you're making it up. And it's like, no, that's what you have your smartphone for. Google it. Yeah. You know, and they, so it, it, it causes me, so when people ask me about my temptations, 
I go through all of that before I make a decision. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I don't care, but then again, I'm like, okay, you already know better. You know what's in it. I mean, it's kind of like Neo in the Matrix when you start seeing all the zeros and ones, yes. but he knew that he was the one. Oh, yes. I, that's how I can kind of focus on stuff. When I look at stuff, I'm like, I just break it down. Like where these, this chocolate come from is, Oh, what was it really made was, what is this soy going to, you know, this, this soy product, is it going to do increase estrogen and all the other different things that Mm -hmm. if you're not educated on, you're just going to intake it like it's nothing, but you see it in the children, you see it in even the adults from the autism increases in, um, in kids to the, Mm -hmm. all these flu vaccinations and all these, kids is being overweight, suffering with childhood obesity. Yeah. And, you know, it just wasn't like that when I was growing up. You right. know, I started gaining weight probably about 12, 13, somewhere around there. But when you got kids four or five years old that are 110 pounds and nobody's being alarmed by it, you know, by, you know, what's going on and it's the food supply. What's in this stuff? Why is it? What's in their school lunches? Right. Why is this accelerating the growth so much? And I just wish a lot of people would be more cautious about it and start to educate themselves a lot more. Because I can talk from both sides. I can talk from somebody who's been big and been nonchalant and non-educated from somebody who's constantly still learning. Because once you educate yourself, you constantly have to educate yourself. Because there's new stuff coming out all the time. You know, this doctor says this, this doctor says that, this blog says this, this blog says that. So you have to just make it educated guess on both of them, but you constantly have to keep educating yourself at all times and as much as possible. You can never know too much. Christian, let's go back to your story. So where we left off, you you lost your family members and you were gaining more weight. When did you make the implement the change where you went on the fast? Uh, it was yeah. July 5th. July 5th, 2013. I chose that date because it was the day after the 4th of July. So I wanted to make sure I got all my barbecue and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I I played it out. You know, I I timed it. I started thinking about about probably Uh, around May. One last hurrah. (laughs) Let me get all the cakes and ice creams. Let me do whatever I need to do. Let me eat till I'm sick because I don't know how I'm going to last on all this. But when I started... I just wanted to go for about three days just to see if I could do it. And what you was know? that? Like, what were you doing for three days? Was it a juice fast? For three days, yes, ma'am. It was a, a juice fast. And at the time, I didn't have a system of doing it. You know, after watching, you know, films and documentaries, I just saw them drinking, you know, maybe one juice. Nothing was said about times, quantity, and everything like that. So, you know, I'm just carrying around a a 32-ounce bottle of juice. I'm, you know, working an eight-hour shift in the kitchen in the summer. It's hot. I'm 400 pounds. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, all that. And I'm sipping on the stuff. I'm like, well, I don't have any more left, you know, past 5 o'clock. And, you know, I was working <laughs> from 11 to 8 and from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. So I'm like, okay, I don't have any more left. So, you know, I ended up leaving work early that day and going to the store. And for some reason, I kept tasting uh, pineapples, oranges, and carrots. For some odd reason, I never had that combination in my life. Uh, as <laughs> far as I would say juicing, I was familiar with the juicing because my family had juice prior before that. So I wasn't new to it, but I always had vegetables or fruits or different things like that. So I wasn't somebody who was just like, oh, I'm opposed to carrots or I'm opposed to broccoli or, you know, anything like that. 
But I went to the store, got my stuff, came home, and I just juiced it all. And that was my favorite juice right there. So that's one thing that on my YouTube channel and on my blog that I have is called My Favorite Juice. It's uh, pineapples, oranges, and carrots. And I love that combination. So after I figured that, hey, I'm going to need a lot more to drink because I am 400 pounds, that you're going to have to be prepared. So it caused me to be prepared for the next day for for day two and and day three and far as from there that's when I started to come up with a better system for myself because I did not want to break you know so it was more of mental thing like I stated earlier you know I didn't want anything to take over my mind or be weak mentally so I'm like okay I can do this I can do this so that's through- amazing by the way that you were doing this while working in food kitchen. service yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cookies are coming out the oven brownies you know <gasps> I uh, couldn't I couldn't do it Christian and, what, and and how did you stay strong it was going once again going back to those documentaries. I'm like, okay, now I know why so, there's so much grease. So coming you were out. just resolved. You were just like, yeah. I am doing this. I've never done it before. I'm going to do it. Right, Good right, for you. right, right. And so you know, when I'm looking at the uh, ground beef coming out the oven, I'm like, okay, it has this amount of fat. And where was this cow raised? Where was this? chicken raised? Are these eggs organic or they're not? You know, so once again, that's how I'm looking at everything. So that's how I was able to survive in the kitchen. So three days go by and then I'm like, okay, I'm down like eight to nine pounds within three days. You know, it probably took me two weeks to lose two pounds at one point in time in my life. But I'm like, well, okay, if I can do eight pounds in three days, what would I be like after five? Mm-hmm. And the results came in after five. I think I was maybe down 10 or 12. And then not only did it become a mental challenge for me to go on for the for the next day, the results became addictive for me. When I, once I start seeing the scale, because I weighed myself every day just to make sure this diet was working. Mm-hmm. You know, when we all go on these diets, we want to make sure everything is working. You know, we do five sit-ups and we go in the mirror and go do go for an ab check. It's like, okay, this better. <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, so that, that's the mentality of, you know, when you're dying, it's like this better work. So that's why I was weighing myself every day. You know, contrary to belief, you got some people again saying, don't weigh yourself every day, weigh yourself every day. You, you got to do what's best for you. Yeah. And that's what I tell people. But I started seeing the results. So 10 days turned to 14 days, 14 turned to 20. Next thing you know, I'm on 30 and then so on and so on and so on. So and this I didn't is all go... juice still. Right. All wow. juice. I did. I started to add smoothies also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started to add smoothies because I was like, I know I needed something a little bit thicker mm-hmm. to hold me over. But my smoothies were the ones I made homemade. I have one that I end up coming up with. It's called a watermelon fruit smoothie mm-hmm. that I end up using uh, papaya, pineapple, bananas, raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, and if I say blackberries already, and strawberries, I'm sorry. <laughs> and my base of it was watermelon juice because watermelon actually reduces high blood pressure. It is- um, Very detoxifying. Yes, it is. And it's for about 4 or $5 right now, you get about a gallon and a half when, you know, once you juice it. So, you know, it was a combination of that. So all these different- kind of factors I'm throwing in. I'm like, what can I buy for cheap that's going to yield the most amount of juice? Mm-hmm. And that's my, my main smoothie that I was drinking. Um, and the full recipe is on my blog also as a watermelon fruit smoothie. And I drank a lot of water. Every time I drink a juice, I down two bottles of water. So I'm not only am I drinking 32 ounces of juice, I'm also drinking 32 ounces of water 
behind that juice. So on yep. the average day, I drunk maybe about two or three quarts of juice and probably about a quart of, of a smoothie. So I'm getting about a gallon of juice in the combination of a juice and smoothie, another gallon of water. So I was, again, over 400 pounds, but, you know, the weight is coming off, but I had to constantly try to keep myself satisfied. Sure. Because the thing you don't want to do is be hungry or yeah. blindsided by hunger. And that was just my system that I just started coming up with because I'm like, okay, I got to stay strong. I got to stay full. It doesn't matter if I'm drinking two juices, three juices, or four juices, drink whatever I have to drink so I won't eat, so I won't break. Now, Christian, I have a question for you because you've described two recipes that are all fr- mostly fruit very and carrots have a you know are very sweet which i yeah. love i'm a big fan of fruit um yeah. did you ever add green vegetables to your juices because you know i'm thinking that people might be hearing this and thinking oh that's a lot of sugar that's too much sugar and i always say fruit is i think fruit sugar is different than you know sucrose or white white sugar or you know cake sugar what but did you ever add any vegetables to your, to your smoothies or I'm so glad you said that right there, because I think the same exact way you think. The natural sugars in fruit is totally different from this processed white sugar, this high fructose corn syrup, Mm -hmm. you know, all this other stuff. So I totally agree with you on that. To answer the question about when I get down to juices, I tried to stick to a 50-50 method at that time, 50% vegetables, 50% fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, And during this time, I'm experimenting with different vegetables that I've never eaten before or let alone juiced. So like a cabbage, I've eaten cabbage before, probably, you know, ladled in salt pork. And, you know, that's how my family would cook it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, rarely was it steamed like that. You know what I mean? Southern cooking. So I was raised up of Southern cooking. So when I had to actually juice a cabbage, it wasn't the best <laughs> taste at all. If anybody's ever juiced a cabbage, it, <laughs> it, it burns your stomach. So I'm like, okay, I have to find something else to, you know, counteract this taste. So I would always use a pineapple to mm-hmm. to mask that taste. And if that couldn't work, if I was, if the cabbage was a little bit too green that I picked that day, because the greener that it is, the stronger that it is, mm-hmm. um, then I was like, okay, pineapples and apples. And then I'm like, okay, well now I'm at you know, a two to one ratio. So let me throw in carrot. So that way it's a, you know, a 50, 50 ratio. So that's how a lot of times I came up with a lot of my juice recipes. That's how I came up with a lot of juice recipes and, you know, doing research and Googling. And initially you're like, okay, what do I make this day? What is this going to be for? And what is that going to be for? Now the smoothie recipe, my watermelon fruit smoothie is a lot of times that I didn't add any vegetables to it because in my thinking, I'm like, well, I'm getting enough vegetables through my juices already. This is like, I would say uh, post-workout or dessert or what may have you. And if I did, I would use spinach. Mm-hmm. I tried kale. I just didn't like the coarseness of kale in the blender. So spinach is a good way to mask that. If you want to add some vegetables to your, to your smoothie, I would recommend, you know, spinach, but just during that time, you know, I can say that now in hindsight, but during that time it was, juice, a lot of water, and that's in that uh, watermelon fruit smoothie that I was uh, intaking. And I did that for two months. So two months straight, that's pretty much what I lived off of. What did your friends and coworkers and family have to say about this? Were they like, oh my God, you're crazy? Or were they like, good for you? Like, what was the reactions you were getting? The, it was a combination. You know, at first, <laughs> you everybody like, okay, you know, I'm going on a juice fast. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm down 10 pounds, you know, in three days. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. 10 pounds but, in three days. That's awesome. Yeah. 
And so then when I'm dropping 25 pounds within like 15 days, then the whatever's turned to, what are you doing again? You know? so, <laughs> How do I'm, I get well, on that? Right. So at that time, you know, I'm in my rhythm. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to talk anymore. Uh, so <laughs> coworkers kind of looking like, okay, he's always drinking something. It smells like lawn clippings. Uh, because, <laughs> And, you know, they became more inquisitive about it. And they could start telling it was working because I was losing weight in the face first. And my face was always full, whether it be swollen from water retention or high blood pressure or whatever. But that was the first thing a lot of people noticed was me losing weight in my face and around my neck. And just during that time, if they see you every day, it doesn't really have a big impact. But, you know, if you don't see anybody for two months and they see you 80 pounds less than what they saw you before, then it's a big difference. So I got some of everything to you're crazy. How could you drink that? You don't want to start combating people. It's like, well, how can you eat that? You know, it's, it's, it's a battle, you know, it's a battle now because, you know, they're eating stuff and they don't know what I know particularly about what food they're eating and the reason why I'm stopped eating that kind of stuff and why I'm drinking this. So I, th- I think it's actually good, though, that it depends. Obviously, you don't want to ruin your personal relationships. But sometimes it's good for, for people to, for, like what you just said about the blueberry muffin. That actually stuck in my mind. That horrified me. I don't know what brand that is of blueberry muffin. But that the fact you described. It's like the gas station It's like the gas muffin. station yeah, blueberry yeah. muffin. That is disgusting. Right. That's not real food. And right. people not may not even know. They They may assume. Oh, the powers that be, the government, what have you, this company, whatever company this is, they wouldn't do that. They would. This is a real blueberry muffin. No, it is not. It is not real food. Right, right. And that's a scary part. So going back again, what we were talking about earlier, who greenlit that? You know, Mm -hmm. like, so so what was the purpose to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, mix something up in here and we're going to add some Freon or some antifreeze in here just to substitute it. You know, just little kind of quirky stuff like that. It's like, who's actually thinking about that kind of stuff? The FDA. So, yeah. So (laughs) when when you're talking to people about that kind of stuff, like you said, you may ruin relationships, but at the same time, it's like it's pruning and pruning from the standpoint you had to see. Who's for you? Who's against you? You know, who's going to really kind of see you through it all? And who's actually going to listen to what you're passionate about? Because we all can be to a point to where we can always be somebody else's friend. But a lot of times we need somebody there for us just as well as we are there for them. You know, to listen to us, like if we're passionate about something, if we're passionate about, hey, this change, you're trying to wake somebody up. They shouldn't look at you like you're crazy, but they do. And there's a lot of lines that are drawn in the sand from stuff like that, from something that is life-changing as weight loss, you start to see people stand their ground and what they want to stand their ground on because they may not can understand where you're coming from. And even though you may try to vocalize where you're coming from, from, they may have their own stance. And again, they may not be ready for that. But just because they're not ready for it doesn't mean that you, as somebody on your weight loss journey, have to be stagnant. And, you know, be afraid to speak about what you're passionate about. Some people are vegetarian. Some people are vegan. Some people do, you know, a little bit of both. Or some people may still eat meat. But I believe you can learn a lesson from everybody's from everybody's diet and, you know, what they're doing. I've learned a lot from veganism, vegetarians, even what you still get out of out of animal meat or whatever. Some people may not, you know, be for it all the time, but you have to be willing to listen. I love that so much. To take a lot because when... I did drop the weight. I adapted a lot of vegan, what I would say, lifestyle or mm-hmm. um, or beliefs. I, I totally get it. Go back to 
the origination of things, go back to a plant-based lifestyle. And it does work. Even when I may shoot up in, in weight, five, 10 pounds here and there, because it is a lifestyle change that what I do, I say, okay, let's go back to dieting. And my diet consists of a plant-based diet. So I see where, where it works at. You know, it's not like, oh, those people are crazy. There's tree huggers. It's like, no, they make sense if you stop and listen to what they're saying. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think like I can relate to your story in so many ways. When you were saying earlier how you became the person that's like, oh, you got to learn about this. And did you know about this? And and you're like, all of a sudden you realize that not everyone wants to hear about what you're passionate about and what you're exactly. learning. And that's exactly. Literally, why Susie and I started the podcast because I was so sick of talking everyone's ear off about health and wellness and trying to convince people that I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to the people who want to listen. And I'm done talking to everyone that doesn't want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of people on this earth, six billion people. So, you know, you can't be confined by three or four people, you know, whether they're people you grew up with or in your circle or your outside circle or whatever. You know, there's a everybody there. There's going to be somebody who wants to hear. Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back with Christian's tips for keeping the weight off. Today's show is sponsored by the Global Healing Center. You know them. We talk about them all the time. You know that all their products are organic, are free of GMOs, use no toxic ingredients, are eco-friendly. And you know that I'm obsessed with their Parfait Visage. And I'm obsessed with their Aqua Spirit Refreshing Spray. And you know we scored a discount code for you to get 20% off of their products. Yep. Use coupon code FOODHEALS to get 20% off plus free shipping on your purchase at Global Healing center.com you're listening to the food hills podcast make sure to subscribe rate and review us on itunes all right food hills nation we're back with christian and he went from a 5xl shirt to a medium from a 52 waist to a size 32 34 waist and the changes he made to his diet gave him increased energy mental clarity and happiness his blog christiansweightsuccess.net offers solid and helpful advice for people embarking on their weight loss journey. So Christian, let's talk about how once you did this, so you lost 100 pounds or 80 pounds? I lost 80 pounds in two months. And after that, I was like, okay, you know, I felt like I was a free man again. I felt like I was out of jail. So sure, sure. I remember my, I still remember to this very day what my first thing was that I've eaten that was solid. It was some it was some grapes and that fell on Labor Day. It actually mm -hmm. fell on Labor Day 2013. So I actually had a plate of barbecue that my family had cooked. So I was like, well, you know what? Hey, I'm splurging. You know, I'm, I'm eating, you know, macaroni, you know, potato salad, ribs, you know, the, the whole nine. And at the time, I just didn't care. And I wasn't thinking like, OK, how is my stomach going to react to this afterwards? Oh, oh my God. God. And, and I, yeah, I, I paid for it in the morning. I, I paid for it in the morning. But I'm like, OK. And so without going into detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, just, I just, it just it just it just you just did not did you did you feel sick like how did you feel you know i didn't feel sick a lot of liquid on on the number two so okay. i just say it like that gotcha. so. <laughs> you guys we do a five-day cleanse every year uh -huh. dan and i just got back my husband and i and literally she is like do not go back to this food or you may die like she scares mm. the crap out of you so the fact that you did this i'm so glad and you, you eat okay. really well 
Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, but you cannot go back to processed food after the cleanse. Like, oh, you, have- me- you mean immediately? Yeah. I thought you-, you meant she was like, do not eat the what, what you were eating because you eat no, really no, well. No, no, no. I mean right away. Like if you right leave away. the cleanse and the next day after juicing for right. five days, you eat this processed solid food. She's like, there are people who have passed away. She was like, do not do wow. it. You have to slowly do it. Like yeah. first you eat fruits and solid fruits and vegetables. Then you eat cooked fruits and vegetables. Then you can start eating normal food, but you have to slowly let your digestive system get back into it. If you eat all this crap right away, people who have done these cleanses have died from it. So it's not messing around. Like these cleanses are intense and they're real. And then you put the crap in and your body's like, what the F is this? Right, (laughs) exactly. So I paid for it. And from there, I'm like, I took maybe about a day or so. And then I weighed myself that next day. I was like, I think I was up like six or seven pounds. I'm like, okay, but the plate wasn't five or six, seven pounds. Right, right. So and so that that, that that goes to another, what I would call another another chamber of, of knowledge that I had to acquire was about still the water retention, you know? And again, I'm like, okay, my work is not done. Where I wanted to be as far as in, in weight loss. And I was dealing with that. So for about two or three days after, you know, my two months was up, okay, everything I'm eating now, I'm just holding on to. It was scary for me. I like freaked out for real. I can't go back to 400 pounds. I can't go back to 400 pounds. I can't, I can't, I can't. That's all I kept saying to myself. So I said, well, okay, well now it's time to go on another fast. So maybe after a week, I went on another one for probably about two weeks. I think I was so close to being under 300 pounds that I said, okay, let's do this until I'm under 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. And when I got to like 299, I'm like, okay, I'm not in the clear yet. So let's get to like 290 because I'm like, if I eat something, I'm going to shoot back up to 295 Mm -hmm. just because of it doesn't matter what what I'm eating. And And Christian, what is a healthy weight for a man of your size? Because you're very tall. You know what? I'm still questioning that to this very day. (laughs) I honestly, I didn't know. And I love telling this part because honestly, nobody's even asked me that question. I honestly did not know what is a healthy weight for a man my height. I seriously didn't know. Only thing that I had in my head was during that time, I'm like, okay, let me get down to 290. And I'm like, uh, let's say 245. Especially, sorry to interrupt you, but like you're, you're a weightlifter. Were you, were you still, cause that, and, and muscle always weighs a lot more than fat does. So if you had a lot of muscle mass underneath the extra weight that you were trying to lose, like it's, I'm just wondering, cause I have, I have no idea about men's weights. Like, I don't know. Six, three is quite tall. So. I think there was so much stuff going on during that time. Like I said, I didn't lift weights during that time because I wanted the weight to come off fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't playing around in the gym either. You know, I would spend probably about 45 minutes lifting weights and probably try to do like 30 minutes of cardio, whether it be riding a bike or, you know, walking the treadmill or something. Something not too crazy, but, you know, something that I felt good leaving the gym. Mm -hmm. So I decided to drop the weightlifting and just double down on the cardio. When I was dropping the weight, you know, my body started to, you know, I would think look a lot better than it was prior to it. And so I still never really investigated the actual number, like she said, was, okay, what's the proper weight loss for a man of, of my size or my height? What I would do, I would compare myself or look at, you know, these men's muscle magazines, look mm-hmm. at these these guys' physiques, and I'm like, okay, you know, he has a nice physique. That's how I want mine to be. Not knowing about Photoshop, not knowing yeah. about <laughs> baby oil, not knowing that these guys are like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, and have, who have not lost weight. Sure. You know what I mean? They may have just been 
some guys, you know, buffing up. I didn't know really about HGH or creatine or, you know, a lot of other different supplements that people take to buff up their bodies. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of during that time, you instantly I understood what women go through when they talk about body imaging and yeah. magazine covers. And I'm like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. You know, at first, you know, I never got it. Cause I know I was never in that world, but I started to see that. So when I got to 290, I'm like, okay, let's get to 245. So I would go on these fast 10, 15 pounds at a time because I had got it to a point to where I could forecast how much weight I wanted to lose by a certain amount of day because I knew doing this fast, I can lose two pounds a day. So I would actually forecast how much weight I wanted to lose. And those would be my goals to hit. And so when I got down to 245, I'm like, I still don't look right. So let me go down to 230. Mm -hmm. And when down to 230, I'm like, well, let me get down to 225. Got down to 225 and I'm like, okay, let's get to 220. I didn't realize how small I had gotten. And then I said, well, let me go to 215. So it was a different number every time I hit my goal. It was a different number. And it probably wasn't until some of my family members was like, okay, you look good. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think I had gotten too, too small (laughs) in comparison to where I was. So, I mean, I liked it. You know, nobody ever downed me or anything like that or, you know, shot my confidence down. You know, my family fully supported me and everything. But again, being that tall, I still didn't know what was the proper, you know, weight size that I was supposed to have. You know, guys, if you if you're listening to this or wondering about things like that, you have to try to find maybe some guy who, you know, is your same height and maybe like your same build or who you want to build like, and then kind of go off of it from right there. So can you talk to us about positive affirmations and how you got there mentally? Positive affirmations is actually something that I personally started at the beginning of this year. I've always been called an optimistic person because I'm always looking for the better of Mm -hmm. a situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when my mother passed, I was always telling myself, what am I supposed to learn out of this? Because if I didn't ask myself that question of what would be the benefit of the situation, I believe I would have had a total mental breakdown. So it was just a matter of looking at things in a better light. I so, have to I have to agree with you there. You know, I lost my mother and my father both to cancer. Thank you and and as your to yours as well. Um but that is what you have to do to get by. You have to go what is the lesson? And of course you have to grieve, but if you sit there in anger and frustration and go why god why? That's not exactly. healthy for anyone. No, no it's not. You can end up in a very dark place. Exactly. And yeah, and I didn't I didn't want to go there. And so Good for you. positive affirmations um I actually just really started it this year because Going on social media and, you know, in the social media days and, you know, everybody had their phone in their hand or sitting at the computer or just <laughs> yeah. watching TV. We're just surrounded by advertisement. And I'm saying advertisement from the standpoint of somebody is advertising their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Every post is an advertisement of an individual's thoughts, yeah. what they're thinking at that point in time, whether it be good or bad. And I just said, well, what better way to start my day but just telling myself what I want, telling mm-hmm. myself that I'm strong, I'm a, I'm going to be, you know, financially blessed, I'm going to be spiritually blessed, I'm going to be blessed in my health, you know, every day, because I don't want to rely on somebody else telling me that. I don't want to rely on somebody else being my pick-me-up. Yeah. And I just started telling myself that every day. And 
declaring things that I wanted out of life, declaring where I wanted to be at the end of the year, whether it be goals, weight loss, financial or business wise or whatever, regardless of how silly that it may have sounded even to me at the time, I just had to just get it out and had to make sure that I looked myself in the mirror every morning and tell myself that. And at first I didn't even believe it. I'm like, oh, this is a a crock of crap seeing these people, you know, these Tony Robbins people, you know, saying all this crazy stuff, you know, (laughs) whatever. But in the same sense is that as I'm saying that, I'm like, okay, people can talk crazy all day. You know, nobody loves me or life is hard. And then you realize life is hard for that person. Why? Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. And if you Mm. keep saying that, then obviously it's going to keep happening. So why not spend that same energy, but put it in a positive affirmation? So the power of life and death is in the tongue. I like that. Correct. (laughs) So when I started doing that, I had to start believing it. So not only did phase one was just saying it, then phase two was actually believing it. And you have to say it because you have to hear yourself say it, not so much say it in your mind, but you have to speak it like we're speaking right now. And once I start believing it and started becoming more consistent at it, things started to open up. Things that I stopped speaking over my life started to open up, whether it be weight loss, whether it be clients, whether it be just anything that I was speaking of one way or another, I started to see the steps that presented itself for me to climb up that ladder to whatever I was trying to get to. Mm -hmm. And some days I'm in a rush and some days I don't say it. I don't speak my positive affirmations over myself. And I notice a difference in my attitude. I Mm -hmm. notice a difference in my demeanor. And the moment that I do start saying it, then I see the positive outcomes come. So I've gotten to a point personally that, it is not beneficial for me in no way, shape or form to not do it every day because I've put these things out in the universe for them to come to me. So if I don't keep saying them all the time, they won't. And I know just for mentally and for my spiritual well-being that I have to say it because if I don't, then everything is thrown off that day. You know, it's just like waking up and not stretching or waking up. Some people have their morning coffee, just how you get that jolt of energy. (laughs) That's how what positive affirmations provide for me. So, you know, I I try to spread that message out to people as much as possible. And I also read that, written that um, on a blog post on my on my blog is, you know, positive affirmations. You have to speak that over yourself, regardless of whatever it is. You know, you can't be embarrassed. You can't worry about what somebody else's thinks, because this is yours, what you want out of life. And, you know, it's your own motivation and just observing social media and human interaction or, you know, lack thereof on social media. It's not a knock to anybody, but I had to ask my question is that, do we need that much motivation from someone else all the time? And again, you know, it's not not downing anybody because everybody comes from all types of different walks of life, from different things happen in childhood to current situations. So I get it. Personally, I just didn't feel like I needed to have so much motivation from someone else before I motivated myself. And I'm a part of a lot of workout fitness groups and different things like that. And I see stuff, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go to the gym. You know, I'm ready to be better at doing this or better at doing that. But I just didn't want that to be my only gas pedal to go. I didn't want somebody else's thoughts just to be my only way to get up in the morning. How I'm going to improve my life is telling myself every day that I'm going to improve my life versus 
being a reaction to what's what I see, you know, being proactive is a lot better than being reactive. It's such a good point because it's like, first of all, as many gurus as we follow or as many positive manifestation affirmation people that we follow on social media that can give us a boost. The truth is it all comes down to what are we telling ourselves every day? And the truth is the only guru that can help you is yourself. So I think that's really important. Now you can learn from the best, but then if you're not implementing it on a daily basis, what is the point? And this I so can relate to what you're saying. Like I have this gratitude practice that I do in the mornings, but if I set my alarm and then I press snooze and then I don't get up and early enough to do it and I just have to jump on a conference call and I don't do the gratitude, oh, I see a difference. Then I'm like mad on the call or I'm yeah, in traffic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I experienced that a lot. If you don't do it, you're just totally off. Even in a, a branch to what you're saying about the gratitude, I totally believe. I totally believe in speaking positivity over someone else's life also. You know, your positive affirmations, even if it's, hey, you know, you did a good job and honest yeah. thumbs up to somebody because you never know what that would do to somebody. Absolutely. Sometimes it can make their day. It can transform them that day. And that's important. Correct. So where can everyone find you online, follow your story, get your blog post, stalk you on Instagram, all that good stuff? Well, I tell everybody, go to the centralized location at christianswaitsuccess.net. There you will find my YouTube channel, my Instagram, my Facebook, my Pinterest, which I'm still trying to get used to, (laughs) and my Twitter. Man, Pinterest can get you in trouble by the food that they post on there. Whoever taking those pictures and posting all that stuff, you know, sometimes I just go on Pinterest and start drooling like Homer Simpson when I'm looking at the food. I'm like, oh my goodness, the stuff looks so good. I so, know. Pinterest <laughs> and Instagram get me in trouble, yes, man. Yes, <laughs> yes, So yes, christiansweightsuccess.net. You just go there, you will find my my blog post. I also do what I would call vlogging where most of my post comes with videos mm-hmm. because there's all linked to my YouTube channel. Uh, provide weight loss tips, my weight loss story. I also provide online coaching for my Christian's Weight Success Starter Program where I will, you know, coach people through one month of of weight loss and just tell them exactly what I did to lose my weight. I don't proclaim to be a a, a doctor or, you know, a health guru, just somebody who's real and who's actually lost the weight and knows your experience of what you're going through. So if you look there, a Christian's Weight Success starter program and you will get all the details of what I provide in that regard. So yeah, please go to and subscribe and share on all your social media, christiansweightsuccess.net. Well, we will, Food Heals Nation, please do. And Christian, can you leave us with a tweetable? Each one, teach one, spread love, not war, speak positivity into your life every day and speak positivity into someone else's life every day. That is beautiful. If you like that, tweet it to Christian at Christian J. Evans. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. Use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast so we can see your post. Christian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Christian. Thank you so much for having me. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.